Oh, yeah. All right. ZD season approaching. Yeah. <laughs> ZD season approaching. <laughs> what is going on? Welcome to another episode of No Fucking ZD. We're back. We're back again. <laughs> We're back from the dead. Don't call it a comeback. You're right. You're right. Uh, welcome to the show. This is episode uh, 22. We're going to talk about from where to eternity is that today. all? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's only it, 22. It feels like episode 122, but here we are. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and get right to it. No waste of time, because we've already wasted plenty. <laughs> yeah, I know. Over the past couple of weeks. Well, in ZD time... Right. 6,000 years, you know, you can do standing on your head. Exactly. This is, this is ZD time. Exactly. And so... Uh, I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing in ZD time. Exactly. Everyone out there, you can all handle it. Please just be patient, and uh, we thank you for that. Um, welcome to the show. Stop acting so apologetic. Oh, you come sound on. so I'm terrified. The nice guy. You I'm sound the... so scared. What, is he going to put you in cement boots over some suicide jokes? Listen, you know? if I can't hear the laughter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, a, if a podcast falls in a forest and no one's laughing. Does anyone subscribe on iTunes? Does subscribe on iTunes? <laughs> Who knows? Um, welcome to the show, though, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, From Where to Eternity today. This is a big, uh, I feel like we've been saying this a lot lately, but it's another classic, I would I, say. Dude, the show is really good this week. Okay, okay. I thought you were going to say nope, something nope, else. Nope, 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 nope. Okay, fair, nope. fair. Um, this is, of course, the episode with uh, Christopher in the hospital. Uh, Positive vibes only. Yes, none of those negative energies. He's uh, living on a prayer, and uh, I feel like you would appreciate me saying that as a huge Bon Jovi fan. I, oh, yes, that's very good. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I did pray that um, we get granted podcast vision, mm -hmm. uh, as Chris was granted vision right. in the, the show this week. We want Podcast Jesus to come down and talk to us <laughs> and to set us straight. Podcast Jesus. Is he like a black silhouette on like a like a green background yeah. like from the iPod commercials? Back that's exactly day? right. Yes. <laughs> kind of a changing background, and Coldplay is playing in the background for some strange reason. But uh, we have Christopher in the hospital, which just sets off all kinds of uh, crises of faith in this episode for all different characters. And uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's scrumptious. It's it's delightful. And then, of course, we have uh, Big Puss still uh, moving along in the FBI system. And, well, we, uh, get, we get a nice dose of puss. We do. We, we haven't we haven't had one in a little while. We'll leave that one alone. But yes, we do. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he's uh, he's a big player in this one. Which it's been is, so long. It kind of has actually. Um, well, yeah, what's it been like two episodes? We had the jacket, and then he was in the previous one before that with yeah, the confirmation. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, but, we're we're getting heavy on some pussy. Yeah, and in the next couple episodes, and this is a big one for him because he kind of uh, wins Tony back a little bit. You know, he treats him like he wants to fuck him, and then. Uh, I don't know. Gets in his pants in a way. Well, yeah, I guess we don't really. I was quite positive he had the eggplant fucking whatever. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> what did he have? The tomato and mozzarella or something like yeah, that? Yeah, you wanted, which is kind of a pussy fucking sandwich. Everyone knows that. Yeah, you don't order a tomato and mozzarella unless you're watching your waistline. Not... <laughs> T.S. does not need to watch his waistline. Not yet. Not this season. He's getting there, but not quite yet. Um, and then uh, we say goodbye to another character here, of course, the uh, the lovely Matthew Drinkwater, Bevel Aqua. He's back, back to Drinkwater. Drink <laughs> and uh, and what else do we have? Uh, and uh, and Mr. Polly Polly's Walnut sees some uh, sees some some visions from his past. This is one of the great Polly Chrissy episodes. Yes, I, I feel like I, I, they don't have like a billion scenes together, mm -hmm. but we get a nice duality of these two actors. Uh, just being fucking hilarious kind of on the same wavelength. Yes. You know, like Chrissy with his chemistry set and mm -hmm. uh, and Polly, just the looks, the look on his face when he wakes up in the middle of the night both times. Yes. Emmy. Yeah. Emmy should be falling out of the sky for this guy. Yeah, specifically when she talks about the wedding day thing and there's just that long shot of him staring. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's just amazing. comic gold. Um, and uh, speaking of the Polly Christopher relationship, of course, this is a good one because it was written by Michael Imperioli. So, like, I feel like he it knew. Was? Yeah, this is the first one he wrote, which I was reading today. I guess originally between seasons one and two, he pitched this idea where Chris would actually overdose and have this like heaven, uh, you know, purgatory dream. And David Chase instead took it and was like, well, you're going to get shot instead, so let's make it that episode instead. And he fucking shot him. And then David Chase shot Michael Imperioli, <laughs> and they just filmed a bunch of footage in the hospital of him sur surviving from this gunshot. That sugary motherfucker. Uh, really dedicated to his work. Oh, good lord. Um, so let's start with what's going on with Chris. I mean, he's he's basically in a coma at the beginning. Do we want to talk about what led up to him being in that coma? I guess we could do a little... Not being shot specific, because we all know that. But, mm -hmm. I, I, but what I mean is, like, let's set up a little bit his yeah. his gangland execution style slaying right. or attempted 
carjacking, whatever. Whatever it was, right. I also wanted to, I was listening to last week's as well, and I, we didn't really mention that, like, we were talking about why Christopher got shot. We didn't really mention that, like, one of the reasons is, is he kind of goes back to him, like, choosing the mafia over the whole screenwriting thing. Right. Like, he's not in the hospital if he actually followed that D-girl out to L.A. and, and actually trying to uh, follow his dream. So, oh, that's a really good point. I yeah. mean, like, so he's really going to get... I mean, he's he's whether he likes it or not, he's committed now. Yeah, because I mean, I think that going through this trauma and then seeing who's there for him, mm-hmm. which is totally real. I mean, these are people that love him and care about him and stuff. Yeah, but, you know, like um, I can't really knock it, but like they happen to be people who are in the mafia, and that's their that's their influence on him. And I yeah. and, and what we're going to see is that he gets really solidified into this journey that he's on. That he's been kind of, you know, he's. He, he wavered a little bit. Yeah. And and he's not going to quite so much anymore, except with his chemistry set, right. as Polly says. Yes, yes. Some early uh, seeds planted about that. Um, yeah, it does kind of bring out, like, everyone's there for him, and they are all kind of having a little bit of a, you know, like I said, little crises of faith or, right, or right, whatever right. it is, just to see someone. Because, of course, like, you know, that's one of the hazards of the job, and they're all having to face that in this episode. You totally, know? completely. Um, that this is their life, but... Uh, yeah, he's um he's he's struggling at the beginning at least in in that bed. Well, and they start out really serious and he, you know, he goes in and out and and, and by the way, I want to point out what this is like the breakout performance for Adriana Lacerva. Yes. Hadi. She crushes it in this episode. She's Ax- absolutely crushes it. She's yeah. murdering it on the uh what do you, what do you call it? The morning. Yes, the crying. M O U R. Yeah, the crying game. Right. Yeah. Going hard on the crying game, yeah, crushing it. Um, she does actually. She's she's extremely good. It's a ter- it's an incredibly good performance, and 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 she's a lot better than whoever played Chrissy's mom for that episode. Yeah, that's the only time she's in it, I think. Right? Yeah, that's maybe it. she's in it like one more episode this season. We'll have to see because I kind of forget. We really rarely see her. I mean, when you know the the whoever replaces her is quite nice. Yeah, I mean, she looks like. I wouldn't have been surprised if that was like his sister or like uh, some like side piece. <laughs> like she looks younger than him, basically. Yeah, she does, and she she's not as good a, of an actor as he is. No, certainly not. And he does a great job lying in bed with his eyes closed. This <laughs> most of this. I mean, episode. well, like I said, it's okay. So we start out very serious. Chrissy's yeah. condition is not known, um, and his condition is serious enough that it sort of supersedes all the other issues going on. Mm-hmm. Tony and Carmela are having issues. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, Polly's having issues. Pussy's having issues. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of issues. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but everyone's kind of converging on the hospital to yeah. get behind him. You know, and, and, and most people seem to really care. Richie's kind of, eh, he's putting up a front a little bit. Yeah, you know? I guess. I mean, he's being helpful, at least coming to them with like whatever information he has. Yeah, but he's also, like he's totally full of shit though, because he's like, yeah, I don't know where I will find out where these fucking guys are. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, I mean, also, just to give it more context, he, you know, uh, Sean and Matthew decided that they were getting screwed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, can we blame this on Furio? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's my question. You know? I, I blame it on the music that they're listening to in their, uh, in in their the apartment. <laughs> I think it was, had more to do with that. Still might, can we just listen to that yeah. instead of whatever we're doing? I think we should, yeah. Um, yeah, Richie's, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's not being a total antagonist. He's like sort of helping, but he's not that helpful, I think, you know. And he's, they, they, do they openly not like him right now? I mean, cause, cause when he comes on the scene there, you know, Puss is like, Puss and Polly are just like, we, we told him to stay the fuck away. Like, we don't know what he's doing mm. here, that kind of thing. Like, so are they just pretty openly like, fuck this guy? Do they know what happened? I'm. I guess I'm just assuming that they have at least heard his side of the story, cause, right? Because he's not in that much trouble. I mean, obviously Tony's like skeptical, as we'll see in that, you know, the Matt Bevilacqua scene eventually. But he just double checks. But I don't. I think that I don't know. They they don't seem to think he definitely had a hand in it. But right. But it's definitely another reason to not like the guy. You know, the trouble seems to follow him kind of wherever he goes this season and probably his whole life, it seems like. Well, so. un- until it's over. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is soon. Spoiler alert, but yeah. it's soon. And so is everyone's at homes. Um, <laughs> well, uh, with the sea level rise. Yeah, yeah it's bad. Um, so, yeah, Christopher in this, uh, in he's kind of in this coma. He's uh, he, he 
becomes intubated at one point. Um, uh, oh, I'm intubated right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but everyone is rallying around him, and it is just the biggest t- topic of conversation. And it does also kind of make people uh, kind of freak out a little bit in all different ways, you know? Yeah. Um, Carmela definitely is, is freaking out uh, as far as her faith goes, and Polly's starting to, to sort of freak out about that in a kind of really simple way of like heaven and hell. Yeah. Um, I think that Carmela and Polly are sort of a nice balance because Carmela is balancing her wallet mm-hmm. with her faith, mm-hmm. and then Polly is balancing his crimes and his life with yeah. his faith. And I think that these are two sort of like offshoot you know two versions of the same conflict oh for sure you know? yeah and um, in the middle you have tony who's kind of justified all of it to himself in a way you know it like kind of doesn't bother him yeah i mean um well let's talk about carmella i guess i mean she camella camella um she you know actually in a like great sopranos twist like isn't even really freaking out about chris so much as she's freaking out about this other guy ralphie who is not Ralphie Sifaretto, but some other Ralphie we never I know, meet. I know. Uh, so Gab mentions Ralphie Rotaldo. Yeah. Which frankly sounds made up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Gab is crazy, by the way. Yeah, she just nuts. walked out of the mental ward of that hospital. Yeah. And just to hear about Ralphie Rotaldo. <laughs> um, but like, so I guess it's not supposed to be Ralphie Sifaretto. Yeah. But I wonder if that like, they kind of, thought about that when they were coming up with Ralph maybe Sopran. Rotaldo is his maiden name <laughs> probably yeah <laughs> um I think that like for example uh well I, I you know I have no examples okay um but all I was gonna say was I think that uh Carmela well oh what I was gonna say was <laughs> okay I think that one of the things that's interesting about this episode knowing what's gonna happen is uh watching it this time it actually all goes by pretty quickly like, so, you know, as we know, we have some pretty extended hospital stays. Yes. Over the course of the series. Yeah. From here on in. Yeah. Um, and basically from this episode until they came out with the Simpsons movie, you know. <laughs> right. Um, all of those, all of those episodes. Right. And so uh, essentially, this is a pretty quick hospital stay for The Sopranos, but it is the first. So we're getting that that kind of first everybody's at the hospital vibe yeah. you know it's, it's a very special episode yeah yeah knows. but we go through a lot of things pretty quickly like actually within the first 15 or 20 minutes of this episode chrissy's like pretty much stabilized yeah he's yep he's, he's just on really cool drugs right yeah They're working they work pretty fucking good i'm i guess <laughs> i kind of want to try him because michael <laughs> imperioli is good at looking like he's on drugs yeah That's he really point. is yeah he does a great job um yeah they do they they do a good job of not making it too much of that very special episode thing. And and that's why I kind of like that, like, you know, Carmela is not just freaking out, like, about, oh, my God, Tony, what if you get shot? It's like, Tony, what if we have a bastard baby? <laughs> you know, like... See, I think that's great. On a lesser show, right? you'd wind up with, like, the Tony, what if you get shot? Yeah, exactly. But I think that, that what, uh, you know, to, to her character's credit, which is really just, like, Terry Winter, like, I'll give you a BJ, or, mm-hmm. or, or Michael Imperioli, whoever the fuck. <laughs> um, to, to this character's credit, she's kind of is she in denial or is she i mean because she's kind of worried about other types of shit Mm -hmm. like denial about just oh the violence of it all and yeah exactly yeah i mean i later carmella in other words would be worrying about this yeah i guess so i mean yeah they all that's the thing is like they should all be looking at this and questioning like basically all the choices in their life you know like oh my god this could pretty much happen to anybody here definitely most of the choices yeah Yeah, and but instead everyone you know they they kind of passive aggressively or or yeah or through denial like kind of focus on other things and she's focusing on this vasectomy thing yep um which, yeah, I do like. I mean, that feels a lot more lifelike to me in a way, you know, even when you're like in an emergency, sometimes you're still worried about like the, the dumbest stuff, you know. And it makes sense in a way that that would be something she'd worry to be worrying about, even on like a faith level. Well, she's incredibly selfish. I mean, Tony, yeah. na- Tony hits the nail on the head when he says you're only religious when it suits you. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. she just uses religion as a way to like make herself feel better about yeah. all the shit that she cashes in on basically yeah she's justifying it and tony's very good at justifying what he does and so i feel like it's the whole like don't bullshit a bullshitter type thing like, right tony's the best at calling people out at, at their own bullshit even yeah. if he doesn't do it to himself but yeah he does it to carmella big time well carmella is having a crisis of faith but it's also a crisis of like hey 
I'm being real about the fact that you're cheating on me. I want you to get a vasectomy. Right. Which is also like, I mean, Tony is not wrong when he says, I mean, I don't know. I, I have a, I have a bunch of questions, by the way, that I wrote down about Catholicism for you. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was going to be about baby making. No, well, that too, but that's for later. Okay. Um, I'm going to buy you a sandwich and ask you about babies. Okay. Uh, no, but like, I mean, so so the the Pope's not crazy about the Trojans, as Tony right. says. Right. What, what What's his take on the vasectomy? I mean, I'm not sure, but I, I think that if you're just like a married couple, that's totally cool. Like, I, it's I, like how you're kind of allowed to watch porn just to like get it on. I, you know, I don't know actually, because that is like birth control. I mean, it is totally birth control. It's yeah, exactly, you're shooting blanks, man. But no one's is really. I, I that's not something that, that people are uh, like outside protesting ever, <laughs> like outside of a vasectomy. Yeah, well, that's because like that's because that. it involves men. Yeah, I guess so. I, I don't know. I actually don't really this know. Is that the answer. Bernie Sanders podcast. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really don't know, but I guess for some reason that's allowed, or if it's not, she would just like find a way to make it allowed in some in some way. You know, just like she does with with kind of everything. Well, it, yeah, it, it, he's totally right. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. because she does say, you know, uh, uh, I can't, I can't imagine. A Carmela quote in my head without hearing, Father's helping me to be a better Catholic. <laughs> That's my favorite Carmela quote. But uh, other aside from being a better Catholic, mm -hmm. um, this whole birth control thing is she's she actually just says I don't fucking care. You know, this yeah, is, this is this is our image. This would ruin the family. Right. I think that's ultimately worse to hers. You know, yeah. is that it would ruin the family and. Um, even even financially, that's someone else to take care of that's not part of the family. And that's not her or her children. Yeah, exactly. You know, because she doesn't mind dropping cash yeah. on, you know, Meadow and Meadow and AJ. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think it's it's more of an image thing probably. And um, and also, yeah, just another way to maybe, like like I said, focus on something else. Because she, when she's, like, talking to the cross in that empty hospital room, she kind of comes right out and says, like, you know, almost like what she says to Father Intentola in college, like, I've chosen all, all this other stuff over my faith, and I recognize that. I mean, that's paraphrasing. I forget what she, exactly what she well, says. She, but. Yeah, she knows it, and she admits it kind of over and over again. Yeah. And then she gets what she wants. Yeah. And then kind of just goes back to whatever she's doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, she, like, she didn't change one iota after this whole thing. Uh, with Father and Tintola, excuse me, in college. Mm -hmm. But you know, in this episode, she's gonna she's gonna put it all all on the line. Uh, she's gonna do it again uh, when Tony is in a coma in mm -hmm. season six. Six, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't change anything, you know. No, yeah, she'll talk and talk about it, but yeah. Um, and then she changes her mind at the end, even about the vasectomy. I guess um, partly because. She's sort yeah, of that's interesting to me. It seems like she just really wants to bone. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that like when we talk more about Tony, we can get into it more. But like, I think there are like two things happen. Like for one, she saw him with AJ and maybe had kind of a change of heart because he handled that situation kind of well in the end. You know, when he brings AJ pizza. Uh, yeah. Aside and, from then just like leaving without saying anything to shoot a guy. Yeah. But she knows what's happening and knows what happened when he came home. And maybe, you know, I, I think that's seeing just like the sacrifices he's making for work. Like maybe she's kind of just had a change of heart. Like I think she's maybe she's kind of realizing in that moment like that it is kind of all comes with the package like this is what this guy does for money like and you know, yeah. the cheating is kind of part of it it's all know? very complicated yeah um and well and it's also very telling that he brings it up with melfi the whole cheating thing you know what i mean yeah um clearly it it, it bothers him that he's in this situation yeah and it's not like one of those cliche like you know throwing the clothes out out of the window type thing yeah you know what i mean like that's like yeah that's true they so he sort of admits it to her by accident in the middle of a conversation by saying something truly strange when he says i had her tested for age yeah. what, what do you think i am i know i yeah i'm sitting there and i'm just like that's like also one of those like sopranos moments that like my girlfriend goes ah and i'm like oh yeah that is weird even though i've seen this a thousand times and like i don't think that anymore sort of yeah like not the right thing to that say. is the weirdest thing yeah to say really bizarre yeah and so they're like in a fight about it but they're not in a fight about it yeah. But, like, they're in a fight about, like, whether or not he's going to just admit it and be practical about it. Mm hmm And her stance is kind of, eventually, you know, her position is sort of softened by 
outside things. Yeah, and I guess like we'll wrap up this first half with the Tony Melfi scene because I think that's kind of like important with um you know what's gonna happen with Polly and, and everything else. Um, yeah, we don't get a ton of Tony, but we get a ton of like this is the world that Tony has brought yeah. Carmella into. Right. Yeah. Um. And in that Melfi scene and in a couple of other scenes in the episode, like we see, you know, if everyone else is justifying different things in this episode to themselves to kind of make themselves feel better, um, you know, if Carmel is doing it through higher power and Polly and is kind of doing that in the same way, like Tony. Polly kind of just does it through sheer will after yeah. a while. He's like, fuck it. I got to convince myself that it's OK. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but Tony does it through like the history of the mob and this whole idea that like, you know, like. The Italian well, Italian pride, Italian honor, like loyalty, family, all this other stuff, you know, like, and we he also does it through therapy. I mean, don't forget about right. That. That's true too. Yeah, I mean, he's using therapy to spin his wheels and right. to throw this bullshit Melfi's way. Yeah, and she even kind of I thought about that today, like when she's crying to um to Elliot in that scene, she's kind of admitting that like in a way from here on out she's not going to be effective because that because she's so afraid of him, you know, like. If she's afraid of him, how can she truly pass any kind of judgment or give him like real advice? You know, she's always going to just help him justify what well, he's doing. Well, you know? let's back up here because this is like such a big thing. This is an it, it, this is an enormous moment for, okay. the sh- for the show, but also for for Melfi and Tony. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, th- so they get on this conversation where Melfi says, "Do you think that Chrissy's going to go to hell?" Yeah, and that gets them on this whole piece of the, 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 this this tangent not really a tangent but it, it gets them down this line of of conversation where tony's basically saying no he won't because you know it's like hell is for like the child molesters and the people like torturing babies and shit, yeah, yeah which is like totally ridiculous sounding it is, you know yeah. what i mean but it has its own kind of like inner logic that you're like yeah of course like that's worse yeah like i like tony like he shouldn't go to hell it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's worse. i mean tony's cool he goes to radio shack yeah. <laughs> you know like people who go to radio shack don't go to hell yeah exactly but then like they're already there but then T- melfi kind of has balls in this scene yeah. because she kind of you know she uses Chrissy's uh, she uses Tony's logic about Chrissy to kind of pivot into like okay well do you think you'll go to hell yeah and he says no you know and and he goes into this whole diatribe about them being soldiers and how like Mm -hmm. this is the first time we really hear him which is like actually I I find it very dark when Mm -hmm. he says you know like you know people in this know the stakes and if you're going to accept that then then it's fair game basically is what he says yeah but then Melfi kind of doesn't let him off the hook yeah no she doesn't at all she's it's really surprising actually yeah. i didn't see it coming because we haven't gotten a ton of melfi lately have we not really yeah that not really she's been um i mean we've it's a ball breaker <laughs> we haven't we haven't i guess in, in a way like we've gotten more with her and her own therapist than uh her with tony i mean I yeah that's it. true I'm probably an even split well no no but, but 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 you're right but like this is some quality this is some serious shit is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, because he is just like completely trying to justify or show us how he justifies it. You know, it's it's all yeah. because it's like, oh, like there is a reason. Like when people came here 100 years ago, like they were treated like this. And so they reacted like this and they wanted to keep up these old traditions. Like his Tony's higher power isn't like, you know, the Catholic Church so much as it is kind of like you know, history and, and the things that came before that he's just totally the obsessed with. generation. Yeah, all that other, like, this this history and kind of, like, being in a specific, like, you know, uh, place in that line. And, and right, right, right. So right. he uses that to justify it to himself. And then, yeah, she totally calls him out and, and just kind of, like, it. Ha- I mean, it has nothing to do with him. Whatever happened in 1900 has nothing to do with him. No, and he lives in, and then Finn says it again, like, way later. He's we're in fucking Caldwell, New Jersey. What, yeah. Don't hit me with the poverty of the Metro Giorno bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, but, you know, she takes it further and she says, you know, th- th- does this justify what happens every day when you step out of bed? Yeah. And she kind of checkmates him. Yep. She basically says what you just said, but to his face. Yeah. I don't have the balls to say it to anyone's face. (laughs) I was scared saying that to you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, like, someone's going to hear this podcast. (laughs) Maybe. Actually, no one's going to hear this podcast. No one's (laughs) listening. But, um, but then Tony like totally hits it hits it with the crocodile tears. And yeah. He, and he talks about how his nephew's in the fucking hospital and he might not get out. Exactly. And he like fake cries. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And and that that I, I just wanted to go back and talk about all of that sort of leading up to 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 where you were going with kind of how Tony is handling all of this. Yeah. And how 
it just rolls right off his back. Yeah, because I think he, you know, he does look at it as like, well, this is what we signed up for. This is work. Like, that's my higher power. And and he feels satisfied at the end of the episode because I think that, like, he hits all those points. This whole, like, loyalty right. thing. He was loyal to Chris. Chris, who's a member of his family. And then there was mm-hmm. honor in that. Like, there was honor in killing Matt Bevilacqua because of what he did, you know? And also, it probably, like, it gets him going, you know? Yeah. It probably, well, it probably feels good to him at this point. You I know? think it definitely does, yeah. The more you do, the better you'll feel. That's what Puss says, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in uh, House Arrest, which is a couple episodes away, like, yeah. We'll see him really bored when he can't do these kinds of things. He that there is fucking excitement. rash starts banging secretaries. Yeah, like, um, there is totally excitement in this kind of stuff for them a little bit. You there know? really is. I mean, and that's that's what makes this such a great episode too. Mm-hmm. Is that like there's all the tragedy in the world, and then we get like all the mafia shit firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. You know, and which is a lot of fun. Yeah, and I guess time. we'll talk about that more. Yeah, let's take a little break and uh, we'll come back. We have a lot to talk about with Polly. And then, uh, and Pussy as well. And we'll say goodbye to uh, Matthew. Drink water. Welcome back Welcome. to No Fucking ZD. <laughs> ZD season approaching. All right. Um, let's talk about Christopher's uh, coma dream, purgatory, uh, whatever you want to call it. Dream. Wet or dream. or a, experience. Wet dream experience. Yeah. I personally see it as more of a dream, but some people might see it as more real. I don't know. Um, it's reminiscent of certain experiences for some people. Yeah. As Roger I guess, Sterling would put it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, you know, I don't want to, some people I think really do believe that it was, uh, totally real and that's fine, but I'm not sure. And we'll, we'll get to it a little bit, but he, um, a lot of people believe in a lot of things. That's true. Like, like that we will continue doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so Chrissy's dream. Yes. He mentions that he sees his father in hell. Yep. And in, at an Irish bar. Well, my favorite is how he reveals these things. Okay. So he says, I so, so I saw my father in hell in my dream. And then someone says something and he goes, yeah, the bouncer said blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, the bouncer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and essentially he breaks down that it is mm-hmm. an Irish bar. An Irish bar. Uh, and? Where Romans are uh, watching Christopher's father. Christopher's father is there. Big, big No, every day is St. Patrick's Day. Oh, right. Of course. Yes. I, my I, favorite I holiday. I expect you to fucking remember that. You're right. Yes. As, a, <laughs> as an Irish stereotype, my favorite holiday is St. Patrick's Day, and I love the Dropkick Murphys. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so it's St. Patrick's Day at an Irish bar. His dad is playing a losing hand of cards every single night. Um, and they whack him. And they whack him. Same way he got whacked in life every night at midnight, and it's painful. Um, he says it's painful. Yes. And uh, Mikey, our, our favorite, Mikey Palmici is there. Look, he's just the fucking greatest. I'm so happy they're giving him a little bit of, a little bit of love. Yeah, you know what same. I mean? I'm glad that he has a, a, a nice career in the afterlife. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mikey has a message specifically for, for Tony and Polly. And uh, Tony handles it pretty well, as we've said. He kind of doesn't really buy doesn't into give, any of this. He doesn't really give a shit at Does all. Does not care. Polly, not so much. And uh, that message is 3 o'clock. I love this. because Because Chrissy, first of all, is hilarious in recovery. Yeah. Michael, Imp- Michael Imperioli gives a great performance. He does. Uh, as someone who is either uh, totally like convalescent and half asleep or on tons of drugs. Yes. Like really good, like pharma government issue drugs. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, So he's, he's like shit hammer the whole time, but he's like trying to make sense of all this shit. And he's like, Oh, he's in hell. And then like, so, so he's, he like super upsets Polly. Yeah. This sets Polly. He's, he's, he's in a spiral. He's in a spiral and like they're getting into the elevator. Openly talking about the Mikey Palmisi hit yeah. in a crowded elevator. Like, when did we kill Mikey Palmisi? Like, is it three o'clock? <laughs> Can you check your iCal, please? Yeah, exactly. See what time that happened. Oh, shit. I forgot to sync it. Yeah. When did you post about that on Facebook? And did I like it at the time? Oh, my God. How much money would you pay to see Sill like, on trying to sync his iCal? <laughs> no, I didn't remember to do this. And then, like, multiple calendars show up for some reason. He's got, like, he's, he's got, like all Jewish holidays. And he's like, God damn it. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, Pauly uh, takes this very seriously. Very Not serious. really at first, but because uh, he, he kind of plays it off to the chemistry set. But clearly this has gotten under his skin. Um, yeah, absolutely. He's up all night at his... Uh, at I guess we wouldn't really call her his side piece because he just doesn't have a, well, a this, main piece. Is, this is a this is an argument that I got into with my girlfriend. Mm. Is it still a Gumar? Yeah, I don't know because Polly's not married. So I guess though probably because I don't. I highly doubt he treats her like a real girlfriend. But then again, he was nice to the kids and he they seems knew. Who, pretty fucking cool. With the, I mean, we yeah. get a nice little reveal about Polly there. Yeah, we do actually. He's yeah. A, I mean, I could tell. I always could tell he was a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In between all the murders, he seemed like a great guy. Yeah, exactly. Like that like the episode where he fucking like like hits that waiter on the on the back of the head with the oh, brick yeah. and then he was kills him. Doing him a favor, you know. That's my money, Polly. <laughs> um it's uh yeah, it, yeah, it really gets into his head. He's uh he's up at night literally watching the clock turn from uh change from two fifty nine to three AM. And and this his Gumar is like not helping him calm down no, at all. Not at all, no. Other than when she gives him a quickie, yeah, which we assume quickly happens after the cut, but um, quickie blowy, yeah, she he just starts seeing little signals, you know, and symbols everywhere basically from this point on. The wind chime. Um, she tells this story about having to switch rooms at this wedding hall with Mikey and JoJo, which is like really just nonsense. But like, it's really easy once you've like been convinced of something to kind of connect everything else to it, you know. So Polly's buying into it, and I I just kind of think about like you know. To me, at least, a lot of this is in his head. I don't know. He goes to this uh, this this ghost hunter guy or the psychic, basically. After oh, that. he's a medium, a medium, right? Okay. This is maybe the best Sopranos scene. It's it's up, up there. until Chrissy's intervention. <laughs> like it's, I gotta be honest, it's up there. It's incredible. Yeah. Like just the, like the moments where Polly is like looking at the medium, looking behind him, mm-hmm. looking at the medium. Looking up at the wall, like the look that's plastered on his face basically through this entire episode where he's just terrified. Yeah, I know. It's great. <laughs> this is like as good as it gets. It's great. Um, the medium, you know, to Polly is, is very real and he believes it. Basically, he goes to this medium um, who we see kind of get a couple guesses right at first and then pays attention to Polly and basically convinces Polly that there's this whole, you know, gang of ghosts following him around. Wait, you're sort of glossing over. What did we? The fact that he got some really serious details right. He did. All right. Yeah. So, so we should. So yeah. did you see something? In, well, my question is, did you see something in this moment that made you think like that he's playing Polly? Because I thought that this was one of those just things where we're like, well, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, it is kind of like, oh, I, I really don't know. And I guess like part of it is like I personally don't believe in that kind of stuff. And so like I kind of just. I guess maybe I'm assuming that it's supposed to kind of be bullshit because that's how I would think of it. But, right. but you know, I don't know. Because when you watch it, like, he does get some stuff right that's kind of crazy. Um, well, like, he gets, he, he says Sonny Pagano, and then he says Charles Pagano. Well, he says Charles first, and then Polly says Pagano. And then right after that, he starts saying something about the sun, something about the sun. And then, I, and then he says Sonny Pagano, and then he says, and then the psychic says Charles Pagano. So in a way, it's like it could be right, but Polly gave him the last name. Okay, and then he says he was your first. Yeah, I know. So it does get a little clearly. Polly, when Polly says, "How the fuck did you know that?" I think that we're supposed to know that that was the first dude that Polly fucking yeah. n- nutted on. Yeah, <laughs> and yes, that's what they're talking about. Um, and then he does get the you know the poison ivy thing correct, and then essentially he asks if it still itches. Yeah, so I mean it is. I know it's it's kind of crazy, but then again, is it a scene where? Like we're supposed to be in Polly's headspace there, and Polly thinks it's true, because I mean, when you feel terrible about something, you tend to asso- free associate like that stuff, yeah, and, like basically everything with the shit that you are worried about in the. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and- I mean, I feel like it's very easy to to. I mean, I do it. Like when I'm thinking about something, like maybe I feel like I. Like I, I, I did something that wasn't so nice or like I ate too much or something or mm-hmm. like I did like like I did something irresponsible with money. Like I I can be very sensitive to that in any context. Yeah. Suddenly someone else is talking about like being irresponsible with money and it's like, oh, they're talking about me. Right? Or they're talking about The Sopranos and yeah. I'm taking it all really hard. Right. Yeah. This is a very upsetting podcast for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, um, I think that we're supposed to feel like Polly and, and Polly 100% believes it, obviously. I mean, he'll believe weird stuff like this kind of He's for the rest of the series. kind of a dope in this way. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, 
we learn a lot about, and if you want to if you want to stay with the medium for a little while that's totally fine yeah but i feel like but but we learn about what a kind of a fucking moron he is spiritually when he goes to his priest right and he says i should have been protected about uh, uh, i should have been protected from this shit yeah from my donations yeah. <laughs> you know right paying for the whites you know for the altar boys and right. then the reeds for the organ he's like i should have been covered yeah exactly he, <laughs> he does thinks it's insurance yeah he sees it in a really weird way and and i think you're i think I personally see it the way you were just saying. It's kind of like more about like his psyche than anything else. Right, right, right. Like, okay. I, like I, I do think there are a lot of people who really believe that there are actual ghosts on The Sopranos, but I'm just, I think that it's more like ghost of the mind. Wait, there are people that believe that are ghosts on The Sopranos? Like, well, tell, give me one other example. Other than well, this. the um, in the pussy scene during Livia's um, funeral or the wake back of the house when Tony goes to open the closet and there's a mirror inside the closet or on the outside of the closet and for like a brief second you see pussy and Tony kind of even like like as he's closing it, it's kind of like you can sense that he like either saw it too or is feeling it, you know. And then of course there's Polly at the end of the well, series. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, and there's Polly at the end of the series with that Virgin Mary sighting, which is strange the, as fuck. And the cat. <laughs> and the cat. Yeah. So I think that there are people, and it's fine. I mean, if th- that I think actually, and you can make a pretty good argument that, that there is some kind of like quote-unquote supernatural element to the show what if i became a sopranos ghost truther <laughs> would, would you quit the podcast <laughs> uh, probably i mean i'm doing that anyway but yes i think i would actually i think that would be the final straw the, 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 it, this is already the last episode yeah it is i'm going to continue uh, though with my co-host sarah palin <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I, I i guess personally feel like i'm i've like tony i'm kind of like you know the whole like do you eat steak thing that he brings up you know it's kind of like ultimately it is sort of like there's no rhyme or reason to any of it and like depending on where you grew up and what you believe in that can you know you'll see different ghosts i mean they cut to that family in the hospital a great way of rationalizing like well yeah and like does your dog give a shit about paper well this is just money you know what i mean like like you could you could use that to explain away fucking anything that's true that is true but they do have that cut in the hospital that they cut to that, that other family um and they don't look italian and they don't look catholic and they're probably praying to their god as well about whoever is is, is in the hospital you know yeah. and so who which god there is really the real one and the better one you know oh it's theirs i, probably, I, I found out <laughs> yeah recently um, so yeah i guess I, I totally agree with you and, and and actually by the way i mean we get a big dose of that right at right off the bat with uh janice no longer parvati r.i.p parvati right yeah uh, we hardly knew ye. Yeah. Uh, we but, knew enough. But yeah, we did. We did, didn't we? We, we knew enough. And uh, yeah, <laughs> whoever smelt it dealt it. That's, <laughs> that's all I have to say. <laughs> but, uh, you know, right off the bat, she's telling everyone to pray. And I know. AJ's like, I know. Yeah, I know. You know, and like, I think that it's, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's telling right off the bat that everyone's just kind of just, just rationalizing, yeah. like, all day long. Yeah, when it's right Everything. for you. Yeah, exactly. Because like when someone's like in in a deathbed because of uh you know, a life choice that everyone has made. Yeah. And everyone's dad has made basically yeah. in a room. Uh everyone's just like basically it seems like everyone's just sort of defending it all the time. It's yeah. up to God. Exactly. That's what it's up to. It's not because we put ourselves in this situation. Exactly. Ignore it in like any way possible, yeah. Right. And exactly. um and so, and yeah, I think that's uh, kind of what Polly's doing. But again, I mean, if you are someone who believes that there are actually ghosts following him around, I mean, you know, the guy did get a lot of stuff right. He really did. Um, but I, I just wonder if yeah. you're, I wonder if that scene, which is kind of shot from Polly's point of view, is supposed to be more about like, you know, you're making a scene isn't always about just giving information. It's like making a feeling as well. And you're maybe supposed to feel the way he does. I'm making feelings all over the place <laughs> right now. I know what you're talking about. I you know, mean, so I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that basically we, we've just, we've basically found out what terrifies Polly. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, it's easy for us to forget having seen the whole series, like mm-hmm. a fucking kajillion times that like, we don't know a ton about Polly just yet mm-hmm. we're part of the way through season two we're gonna get a whole lot of poly for the rest of our lives yes. but um I, am i wrong in saying that this is one of the first episodes where we really get an in-depth look at poly and we see this vulnerable side of him mm, i mean no i don't think so yeah 
Oh, no, I'm, as in I, I agree I, with I'm you. I'm wrong or I'm no, not wrong? As in you are correct, yeah. What the fuck are you trying to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're correct. I mean, how many there, there he's, he's had like little spotlights here and there. Yeah, but like, his... you know, we, we have this episode and then we then the episode uh, later on where Chrissy relapses really hard yeah. uh, in season five, I think, yeah. when, when uh, uh, Polly's doing the uh, St. Alziers parade. Yep. And like, he's basically getting hustled by a priest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is... Thank you, God, for that episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's all I have to say. But like, you know, this is one of the first times where we see Polly in this vulnerable state. It, yeah. It's like a vulnerable, comical state, and we kind of get this moment. And I do really feel like the show is showing us another side of Polly, uh, because <laughs> Once you know. Again, I thought you were going somewhere else. Yes, but okay. yes. Uh, but uh, you know, I think we're getting another side of Polly. For the first time ever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe him in Italy a little bit. Not the same. He didn't. He didn't. Ba- banging his cousin. Yeah. yeah I think. I think, <laughs> that's, I think you might be correct. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, we're finally getting that that side of him where it's like kind of it, it's they're letting the Sopranos universe kind of expand a little bit. Mm-hmm. And again, I think on a lesser show, mm-hmm. we would have been. It would be like, oh no, Chrissy's dead. No, he's alive. Uh oh, he's going into surgery. No, he's alive. But really, like Chrissy's actual condition. Mm-hmm has very little to do with the plot yeah, of, just of, of this show. Yeah. You know, like he's, he almost died and now he's not dead and he's getting better and he's on cool drugs and everybody's freaking out. Yeah. It's more about everyone's reactions. Yeah. Um, it, it is, I mean, it is a great Polly episode. All the scenes are great. And I, I do love that scene and just his well, total freak out and throwing the chair and well, it, that <laughs> scene. And he also has some amazing lines. Like, first of all, when he comes into, I mean, I don't want to just rattle these off, but like <laughs> when he goes into, uh, like after he can't sleep the first night with his Gumar yeah. and, and he says, he goes, was it hot? You know, and he's like, he's like trying to ask if, if hell, he's like, hell's hot. That's never been disputed by anybody, you know? And he just basically like, Chrissy's sitting there on crazy ass drugs. Yeah. Yeah. And Polly's basically like spinning his wheels, convincing himself that exactly. Chrissy wasn't in hell. Uh, Christopher's reaction. He's like, I forgot all about purgatory. It's yeah. just so sincere. <laughs> it's just perfect. <laughs> but it's also like, he's just shit faced, you know, because yeah. like the next time when he talks to Carmel about it. He's pretty clear. He's like, no, I think I was in hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then also, maybe the greatest line of the of the season is when he's freaking out with his Gumar, I think the second time, and he says, he was dead. Science <laughs> said he was dead. Yeah, science, yeah. Science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a... Uh... <laughs> It's too funny. I mean, how 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 did I watch that episode so many times without losing my mind at that point? I know. I, I don't know why. There's like, always something new, yeah. It's not a special feature. No. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, ultimately, I think, like you were saying, and kind of like we were talking about with Tony, it, it is more probably, I think on, on a show that's so about psychology, I, I guess in, in, just in some way I have a hard time believing that there's actual ghosts, and this is more about, like, how he's reacting, what his psyche is like, you know. Well, I, it just I, maybe yeah. happens to be a weird coincidence that the guy. I don't know. I'm not sure. No, I think that you're right, but I also think that ghosts is is uh, a more flexible term than we're giving it credit. Probably, for. Like, yeah. People have true. their own ghosts. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone has th- shit in their rear view. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly, that's all yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, it's it reminds me a lot of um the painting from season one where Tony sees it a very specific way and Melfi tells right, him she sees exactly. it a different way. I, uh, it's just, I, it's the show, the whole series loves to play with that kind of stuff. So to me, I, I'm just, I'm not convinced Evan. Well, I love, okay. to, I, I, I love to play. <laughs> Great. So let's play. All right. Um, so moving on from there, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about pussy. He's got, um, the, Oh, I thought you were going to say the George Washington slept here. house. We'll, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get there. Okay. 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 Let's talk about pussy. Uh, I mean, quickly, just to quickly talk about, uh, Skip is giving him some shit about, um, basically not giving him enough information and, and freaking out about, about Tony. I guess it's more about nice about it. He's nice about it. Um, he, you know, tells Pussy that you know you're the one seeing things through new eyes now, because because Pussy's flipping out. He Pussy is convinced that Tony knows that he's a rat at this point. Skip's wrong. Uh, I think Skip's wrong. I think he's wrong too. Yeah, I think somewhere I think, underneath I it think all, Tony has the drop on Skip also. <laughs> As in, he knows As who it, Skip is. No, no, that's <laughs> not what I mean. As in, like you know, like because because. The, the, first of all, this scene between Paul, uh, Pussy and Skip is really amazing. When he's talking about yeah. these sandwiches yeah. and the significance of this eggplant parm and like this tomato mozzarella, 
it's maybe one of the finer scenes of the whole episode. It's good. It's yeah. very well acted, well written, uh, to the point. And he, they're talking about sandwiches, but it's like a very salient, like sort of. Uh, narrative that they're pushing, mm-hmm. which is that Tony is just acting fucking weird, and Tony doesn't get sandwiches wrong. That's the other thing. Right. I love how that. fucking serious <laughs> that shit is. You know? Yeah, it's great detail. Yeah, and and uh, they go back and forth, and it's very well done. But uh, you know, Skip tries to say, "Don't worry about it. This is in your head." Mm. I think it's not. I think that Pussy is smarter than Skip, and I think that Tony is smarter than Skip. Yeah. But maybe also, maybe Skip gets it, but he also doesn't give a shit because he's like, we're sick of waiting around. Yeah. Uh, You've been pushing H. You got to put up or shut up. And that's that. Maybe. But I, I do think that you're right. I mean, Tony for sure knows about it. I mean, yeah, because we find out, you know, Pussy does get lucky. That guy comes in and tells him where Matt Bevelock was staying at the George Washington Slept to Your House or right. the, the Gray House right up the street. Uh, and by the way, Matt Bevelacqua's life is worth $20, which is sad. He's like, give me 20 bucks. What a shit amount. I Qu- know. Quickie G. Yeah. Come on. Is that Quickie? Is that, we're supposed to assume so that's Quickie according G? According to Wikipedia, because I wanted to look up what song they were listening to when he comes in. It turns out it was that OJ song that I just played. Yeah. Um, supposedly, that guy is credited as being Quickie G. Oh, shit. Not Fast Fatty. Not Fast Fatty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had no idea, There's actually. Fucking prick fast fat <laughs> um yeah matt, matt pevelaka after all whose gang name is fast fatty first of honestly all. yeah um your mother's <laughs> oh excellent <laughs> um he's worth 20 bucks and uh yeah. but but this is a uh you know speaking of god this is a this is a, a sign from god here to pussy like he's the one who got the information he can take this to tony now and suck up and be like i got you you know i think it's really it's, good yeah it's another way in for pussy i also wish i could eat my lunch off of a meat scale i know like is that what they do all day they just like they're just like just load it up eventually i will have eaten enough but you know what I always pay attention to is he drops the money on the meat, and that's disgusting. That is disgusting <laughs> money totally. is gross as fuck. Yeah, and Quickie G doesn't look all that hygienic. No. To be totally honest with you, he's like he's kind of sketchy. Yeah, all denim <laughs> and he's spiky just got that sketchy hair. look. Like my mom would not have liked it if I brought him over. No. <laughs> She'd be like, he's on drugs. Yeah. He likes drugs. I Are, can tell. Do his parents know where he is right now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can I call them? Like, yeah. No, you can't call his parents. Um, kind of kid that had a beeper in eighth grade. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh God, those kids. Um, they probably still have a beeper today, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Pussy gets the information about where Matt is, and he, yeah. and he after worrying about you know uh, Tony, Tony basically, he can now go to Tony with some great information that uh, you know uh, bumps him up a little bit here. And I think he's pre- and he's pretty happy about it, and he's probably happy about it in like a legitimate way too. Like he wants to get this dude. Oh yeah, probably yeah yeah I'm sure. Um, he's worried about having to kill someone now that he's working for the FBI and Tony Yeah, they frown upon that, don't they? I think so. Yeah, I think that they're not cool with murder unless they're doing it themselves basically. Unless it's an iPhone that they want to unlock. Right, yeah. Um that's one of those current events we've been talking about. Good inc- but, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, too too bad everyone's going to hear this in like 2019. Yeah. It's going to be old news. <laughs> um but Tony is testing him a little bit. You know, speaking right. of speaking of, you know, these tests of faith all throughout the whole episode, Tony's testing his faith in Pussy a little bit, you know? Yeah, but is I mean, given that we know what happens at the end of the season, is he testing him or is he in denial or does he think he can can convince him to go the other way? Cuz it clearly he knows. If he's fucking with Pussy over sandwiches, mm-hmm. you know, and this is his closest dude and like Furio's in town, Puss mm-hmm. didn't get that promotion, mm-hmm. you know, like he knows he knows what's going on. But like yeah. he's, I don't think he's like completely in denial. Mm, but I, I think at the same time he's also just like kind of ignoring it. Yeah, I mean I think that it's kind of all of the above. I mean I think he is in denial about it, but there's probably a nagging feeling that he knows that he's that pussy is a rat, and so yeah. he wants to take pussy. I mean he tells he's like cut Furio loose. He doesn't need him, need him there because he wants it to be him and pussy. He wants to see Pussy pull the trigger, you know? <laughs> I want to see Pussy, too. No, well, actually, the way you're talking about it, it's sort of like the way that Polly deals with this whole hell thing. Yeah. He just kind of, like, faces it and, like, convinces himself that it's not happening. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So maybe by, like, letting Polly, or sorry, by letting Pussy be a little bit more autonomous and, like, ignoring him, um, he is uh, having trouble ignoring the nagging feeling, whereas if, yeah. he, if, it, as, whereas if he, like participates in the pussy <laughs> um 
it might make it a little easier for him because he's like, yeah. we're doing stuff. See, it's just like old times. Yeah. Like, he's probably not a rat. Right. Yeah. Which is another, another thing Tony loves to do is just be like, oh, this is how it always was. So yeah. this is great. Exactly. Um, Back in the 50s. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he's just, uh, he is in a lot of denial and yeah. it is just about convincing himself. Um, and, and just seeing whether or not Pussy's going to be the guy that he wants him to be. Like, is this guy really going to stand up with me and actually pull this trigger? Because, like, Tony shoots and then looks at Pussy, and Pussy's kind of like, oh, right, yeah, like, I'll pull the trigger, too. And and, and I, I think that scene was really important, but is that not one of the more, like, cheesy moments? Like, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not crazy about the way that they did that moment where Pussy mm-hmm. kind of looks at him and he's like, like, mm-hmm. the way that they're set up and he's kind of looking over his shoulder at Tony, it's like... It's kind of it's it's almost like they're in a musical and Tony starts singing and looks at Pop, Pussy and he's like <laughs> and P- Pussy's like well I guess I'm gonna sing too you know what I mean like it's really strange because like that scene is so dark yeah disturbed the fucking shit out of me when I saw that as a kid like, I couldn't drink a diet coke for years <laughs> <laughs> um yeah when he, sugarless motherfucker to to back up I I mean I guess so they get this, this information for where Matt Bevilacqua is from, they from Quickie G from Quickie G they bring him to this like snack shack out in the middle of uh by the George Morristown Washington. is it Morristown it's, yeah it's, it's Morristown by the George Washington's left here house yeah so they just bring him to the back of this this closed down uh you know like snack counter basically i guess it's cold yeah and um fucking terrifying like that makes me when you see matt bevilacqua shaking like that that's like your parents your teachers and like all these other like adult figures all being mad at you like at the same time (laughs) you know like i'm just reminded of like being a kid and being like oh shit like I don't know what's in trouble right now. Like, this is bad, you know? Yeah, it's, like, worse than, yeah. It's worse than a lot of shit. It really scares me. Um, and plus, he, kn- he like, and Matt Bevilacqua is a moron, but mm-hmm. he knows that they're there to kill him. Yeah, which has to be awful. Yeah, and then and then I think that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, he, you know, they're not going to kill him. And then Matt Bevilacqua calls him T. <laughs> Oh, you'd think that he would survive if he didn't do that. <laughs> Tony already corrected him once this season, <laughs> frankly. No, just uh, kidding. Yeah, no, they were going to kill yeah. him, but they wanted to get information, did they yeah. not? Yeah, they wanted the Richie information and and got it. Oh, did they want the Richie information? I think he, he I mean, he wanted to know if Richie knew, because if Richie did know, then that's a whole other can of worms. But, you the, know? but my question is, like, I, I, I always assume they were just covering their asses in terms of, like, who do we need to wipe out to make this a not, not a thing for the police? You know what I mean? Oh, okay. And that like, too, probably, yeah. But, like, so here's my question to you, because I think you... Did you? I think you watched the episode, so I have some questions. Still, um, still just guessing. I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, basically, how would they know, or why would they assume that Richie had something to do with it? He had a he had a hard on for Chris. Yeah, hard on for Chris. Uh, causes problems for Tony, and they probably knew that Matt went to Richie's quote unquote office after it happens. I'm sure that they'd heard about that story. You know, at the end of the previous episode where he okay. chases him a down lot the bat. happening off screen with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just assuming that they knew. It's just they. So you they think they were s- they were they were really trying to touch base on the on the Richie? I think that they. Vibe. I I don't. I, I'm not sure if they were really thinking that he had something to do with it. Like definitely, but they did want to just do their due diligence and double check. Richie had nothing to do with this, right? Okay, cool. Uh, we got what we need out of you. Goodbye. Well, he didn't have anything to do with it, but they found out that he went and told. Richie. Probably. I'm assuming. No, no, that... no. He says when I told him, he oh, got yes. really mad. Yep. Or he says he got really mad when Sean told him. Yeah. Know. Which they know is bullshit. Yeah. So they know that he went to yes. Richie but b- before they went on the run. Yeah. I'm a, I mean, in my head, like Richie called Tony after Matt stopped by and was like, you'll never fucking believe this and told him himself. If Richie is at all smart, which I think he at, at the very least is sort of intelligent, I'm guessing that Richie was like, Tony, like Matt Bevelock was just here and told me that they did it, you know? Because somehow between episodes, Tony finds out that Matt and Sean did it. Of course, Sean's dead and they probably, you know, heard about the police investigation, but that, in my head, that's what happened. Um, so they take him out. Pussy passes, passes his test here. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just <laughs> nope, we'll, we'll leave it alone. <laughs> some good podcast alliteration. Just let that, yeah, thank you. Um, and then what I love about the wrap up here is that they end up immediately after this 
in Duke's Stockyard Inn, the steakhouse, which is an Irish bar and restaurant where they're eating giant pieces of steak. Can we go there like right now? I looked it up and I can't seem to find it. There's one in Pennsylvania, but it, it says on Wikipedia that, or on IMDb that there used to be a real Duke's Stockyard Inn and that doesn't look like it exists anymore. Well, okay. So this is, this is, a, this is a big moment though because Tony is mentioning that they, um, you know, this is where they went. Right. The night that Tony popped his cherry. Right. There's history there, for one, which Tony loves, as we knew. And then also, I just like that it's in, after Chris talking about what hell is, and Tony talking about, you know, using steak as an example, that they go to an Irish bar and restaurant and then eat giant pieces of steak. I mean, that's Tony basically being like, fuck all of this. I don't believe any of this. I'm going to an Irish bar. Well, that's really, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's him outwardly saying, like, you know, what I believe in is is like this mafia code in some way. And I'm going to eat this steak. I don't care if they don't eat it in India. He's immune to all this shit. Yeah. He's just like, it's all bullshit to Tony. And, I don't and, believe in anything. Yeah. And so, and he just openly is doing it there. I well, think. but also, I mean, but the other thing is that, I mean, don't, don't you believe, I mean, because I think that that is a really interesting, very, very cool observation because I didn't, I didn't catch any of that shit. Okay. Well, then um, don't say anything. <laughs> just shut up okay <laughs> save it for after the podcast <laughs> we always fight after the podcast oh, we agree God. you don't want to be here yeah <laughs> um and hush tones one of the things that i noticed i know it's the most awkward cab ride home you guys just like stop it i can't yeah. believe you talked so fucking much during the podcast <laughs> you're always drinking um so uh that that's a really important point but the other thing is that uh do, do you is there any parallel or like interesting thing that you find when Tony says, you know, when we find out that Tony uh, was taken to this place after they mm-hmm. after he popped his cherry, you know, and he takes puss to this place after they have this kind of special killing, mm-hmm. special in that it's this guy that tried to kill Chrissy, so that's important, but also in that Tony probably knows he's a fed. And kind of forced him to to kill someone and to commit this murder when he knows that Pussy is, whether he consciously knows it or not at this point, yeah. he knows that Pussy is under this sort of surveillance yeah. and has to answer for these kinds of things. I mean, do you see it? Because he's like telling jokes, he's bebopping and scatting and all that <laughs> shit, you know, like and eating his steak. I mean, do you... Do you see anything in there? I mean, is 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 he trying to say anything? Does he see it as this moment? Is it symbolic for pussy at all? Yeah, I mean, maybe. It's just, uh, yeah, it's kind of like this, it's almost like a remember when moment, I think. Because I mm-hmm. think, yeah, may, I think that in a way, I, Tony does know that their relationship as he knew it is probably over. And it's maybe just this one more kind of like, you know, oh, everything's fine, right? Like, this is where we went before, and this is how everything is. And it's just, remember that? It was, like, such a great time, but, like, the moment's gone, basically. Maybe he's also trying to rub it in his face a little bit, too. Maybe, yeah. Like, now, like, you're not who who you were. Right, Back yeah. then, like, now it feels a different way. Yeah. I, yeah, I I don't know. I hadn't really thought about that, but there could be something want, there. I mean, like, clearly... He wants new shoulders to lie on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... And so Tony does go home and then um, and there's just kind of this, uh, you know, like I like I said earlier, it's like he he justifies everything he does because there's this code, there's this honor. And like I said, I I think he gets home and feels very satisfied. He like went right by the book, uh, his book, whatever that may be. Right. And Carmela knows Carmela is just kind of like, all right, I get it. Like this, this is the choice I've made. She's not really this is a very good crisis anymore. And uh, and anyway, so that's it. Can we uh, mention that Carmela's been reading Memoirs of a Geisha the whole time? She, that's yeah. right. And, well, and the Holy Bible for that one well, scene. okay. Which, come on. Which is not in Oprah's Book Club, <laughs> from what I understand. <laughs> Probably not. Well, it might be. Um, so I think that, that about wraps up from Where to Returnity. Well, I'm so happy that we're still doing a podcast. A podcast, yeah. Me too. <laughs> all we the gotta time, finish. All the time we took off, we prototyped different podcasts. We did a Big Bang Theory podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We did a Jeb Bush podcast, <laughs> yeah. which we have to throw out now. Yeah, it's really. Oh. I'm. I'm quite sad. <laughs> I donated almost 120 million dollars to his campaign, <laughs> and now it's over. Oh, <laughs> uh, he did make me feel bad for him a little bit, though. Um, all right, so we'll be back next week to talk about Bust Out, which I also love. This is a great uh, Gosh, string of episodes it's coming like up. Fucking Christmas! Yeah, <laughs> we'll <laughs> have to we'll have to 
let's make sure we do this episode within the next two and a half months. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> but just keep hitting refresh. We'll be there eventually. We promise. Uh, We're so excited to be back. Yep. We're never going to take another break. Never. We swear to God. Podcast per day for the rest <laughs> of our lives. We swear. <laughs> Pinky swear via podcast, unless you're on SoundCloud. Yeah. Then, then we don't swear. No. Um, I'll be the nice guy again here and say thank you for your patience before Evan yells at me here. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, as always... They'll take what they can get. Yeah, yeah exactly. Deal with it. Um, follow us on the Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes. Uh, talk to me on Reddit. I have some time off this week, so I'll be there a little bit. Just hanging out on I, I'm going to be on the toilet a few times, so I'll tweet at you Great. at that point. <laughs> yes. uh, thank you. Go fuck yourself. Bye. Bye. Bye.